0: Kura, this program is brought to you by Wellington
1: Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Light Out's very own radio show on Wellington Access Radio, 783 AM. Call Alex Tierney. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in tonight. Um, it is 6 o'clock on Wednesday the 31st of August, which is the last day of Hoteke. Um... Although, here in Wellington, it's pretty mild. It was a beautiful sunny day today, so it's almost already uh, feeling like a which is spring, if you haven't already, uh, if you didn't already know that. So, today on the show, we are talking mainly about the Day of Silence. Um, I've got a little podcast that I've created for you guys uh, coming up um, after the news and today in history. Um... The best part of the show, I reckon. Um, so, you know what time it is. If it's 6pm, it is time for Te card So I've got three pieces of news for you today. Um, one local, one national, and one international. Um, so we'll start off with the local. And it is pretty local because it's about um, Inside Out, our very own organisation. So we have just released, in collaboration with Rainbow Youth, uh, we've officially released um, our Starting and Strengthening Rainbow Diversity Groups resource, which is a book um, that is a booklet, I guess, um, that has all this amazing information that's been put together together um, sort of redone. It was first done by Rainbow Youth, and it's sort of been taken over and reworked um, by people from Inside Out. And um, it's just got some really great advice on how to start, um, what to do if you if you face difficulties with you, with your school um, in starting a queer straight alliance or a Rainbow Diversity Group. And yeah, it's um, hopefully it will help a lot of schools not just those who want to start up groups, but also ones that have started up groups and that want to just continue and and make their groups even cooler and stronger than they already are. So I'm pretty sure there is a PDF of the booklet on our our website, um, our Inside Out website, so you could check that out. Um, And if not, then um, I'm sure once we have... Printed quite a few more coffees, then we are happy to send them out to schools um they also are part of a bigger resource pack that we are um in the process of handing out to schools um so we've we've delivered some to um schools in Wellington so far I'm pretty sure just wellington maybe um and yeah it's it'll be cool to um to get those out and and hopefully they'll help um cool so on a national level, well, uh, recently the um, submissions were made into an inquiry on homelessness, and out of the 450 submissions made, uh, two only were directed relating re- directly relating to the LGBTQIA community, which is quite shocking, um, seeing as homelessness is such a massive issue within our community. And um, so I've just got a little blurb here that... Um, From Thank you very much to gainz.co.nz that I've taken this from, but I think um, it sums it up pretty well. So the Office of Labour MP Phil Twyford, one of the MPs leading the inquiry, says two submitters to the inquiry, inquiry identified themselves as lesbian. One of these women was previously dating a homeless woman. Neither of the women wished for their submissions to be made public. The lack of submissions relating to LGBTI community has been noted as something of a concern given the community's vulnerability. Rainbow Youth says 26% of LGBTI youth who come out to family become disowned and homeless. Uh, overseas studies estimate that 20-40% to 40% of the homeless youth population are LGBTI. Tamaki local board member and former chair of the New Zealand AIDS Foundation Simon Randall says the issues of the LGBTI homeless people are absolutely relevant and that more awareness of these issues is needed within the community. So that's just something to think about and thinking about why um, why the only two out of these 450 submissions were actually related. Um, it says something about people's, um, are just people's awareness and things really need to change so that people who are struggling, um, especially the young population of LGBTI people who are um, facing discrimination, um, are are able to find help. And it seems to be that not many people are able to talk about this at the moment and it's just really not talked about enough. So, um, yeah that's just to keep something to keep in mind um, and to bring into conversations that you have with one another so our international piece of news is quite um it's on the ridiculous scale, I guess it's um about the one and only the name we have heard all a little bit too much of lately uh Donald Trump, if I dare to say that name. <laughs> But recently he has um put on his official merchandise page a new t-shirt. And this t-shirt uh has a rainbow flag on it, and on the word on the flag are the words LGBTQ for Trump. Now this is it all, but I'm just gonna read the report that I found on advocate.com um, that that's that says a little bit of more about this new uh t-shirt that Trump is selling. LGBTQ for Trump? That's what the Republican presidential candidate is selling on his website. Even if his stances on equality leave you feeling more LGBTQ against Trump. Donald Trump has been aggressively suggesting that he's the better candidate for LGBT people. After the horrific attack in Orlando that left 49 people dead and 53 others wounded at a gay club in, on June the 12th, the Republican candidate says, Ask yourself, now I'm sorry I can't do a a good Donald Trump impersonation, I wish I could. Um, So ask yourself, who is really the friend of women and the LGBT community? Donald Trump with his actions or Hillary Clinton with her words? A simple fact check would answer that question. One outspoken critic of Trump's attempts to depict himself as an LGBT rights supporter is Michelangelo Signorile, a host of the Michelangelo Signorile show on Sirius XM Radio's OutQ and the editor-at-large for Huffington Post Queer Voices. In a story published on Thursday with the headline, reporters still claim Donald Trump talks openly about gay rights – WTF, Signorele wrote that there is absolutely no evidence anywhere of Donald Trump promoting gay rights or talking openly about them, except to take them away. Signorele is right. Trump doesn't support marriage equality. In fact, he's pledged to reverse it by selecting anti-gay Supreme Court justices, and several judges on his list of potential picks have a record of being anti-LGBT. He doesn't support transgender people having the right to use the bathrooms that correspond with their gender identity because he claims it is too expensive. Whoever buys the shirts would also have to look overlook that the man Trump picked for vice president, governor Mike Pence of Indiana, is one of the most anti-LGBT governors in the country. Indiana passed the and Pence signed a Religious Freedom Restoration Act in 2015. That last year, that cost Pence's state a record sixty million dollars in revenue. The law gave businesses and individuals the rights to refuse services to LGBT people on the basis that it offends their religious beliefs. It was amended in the face of outrage. Still, a Politico article contends that Republicans who support LGBT rights feel hopeful about Trump. The Washington Post published a story who claimed. Donald Trump is teaching the GOP a different way to embrace gay rights. Some have patted him on the back for being the first candidate to use the LGBTQ acronym on stage at the Republican convention. As your president, I will do everything in my power to protect LGBTQ citizens, said Trump. It was at that very same convention, though, that Trump sat idle as the Republican Party passed a vehemently anti-LGBT platform. The Log Cabin Republicans, the gay conservative group, has yet to endorse Trump for president. Its president called the new Republican platform the most anti-LGBT in the party's 162-year history. It even includes support for so-called conversion therapy. Trump might be selling LGBTQ for Trump t-shirts, but just because you print something on a t-shirt does not make it true. That was from Advocate.com. All right, I think it's time for our first musical interlude. Here is Body Love by Mary Lambert.
2: I know girls who are trying to fit into the social norm like squeezing in last year's prom dress. I know girls who are low-rise, mac eyeshadow and binge drinking. I know girls that wonder if they're disaster and sexy enough to fit in. I know girls who are fleeing bombs from the masks of their skin. Playing Russian roulette with death, it's never easy to accept that our bodies are fallible and flawed. But when do we draw the line? When a knife hits the skin, isn't it the same thing as purging? Because we're so obsessed with death. Some women just have more guts than others. The funny thing is women like us don't shoot. We swallow pills. Still wanting to be beautiful at the morgue. Still proceeding to put on makeup. Still hoping that the mortician finds us fuckable and attractive. We might as well be buried with our shoes and handbags and scarves. Girls, we flirt with death every time we etch a tally mark into our skin. I know how to split my wrist to reveal a battlefield too, but the time has come for us to reclaim our bodies. Our bodies deserve more than to be war-torn and collateral This fucked them as a pathetic means to say I only know how to exist when I am wanted Girls like us are hardly ever wanted, you know We're used up and we're sad And drunk and perpetually waiting by the phone For someone to pick up and tell us that we did good We did good I know I Because I said I am I know I am Because I said I am I know I am Because I said I Am My body is hard My body Take your hands over your bumpy love body naked, and remember the first time you touched someone with the sole purpose of learning all of them. Touch them because the light was pretty on them, and the dust and the sunlight danced the way your heart did. Touch yourself with a purpose. Your body is the most beautiful void. Fathers and uncles are not cleaning your knife anymore, are not your razor, no. Put the sharpness back, lay your hands flat and feel the surface of scarred skin. I once touched a tree with charred limbs. The stump was still breathing, but the tops were just ashy remains. I wonder what it's like to come back from that. Because sometimes I feel forest fires erupting from my wrists. And the smoke signals sent out the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Love your body the way your mother loved your baby feet And brother arm-wrapping shoulders And remember, this is important You are worth more than who you fuck You are worth more than a waistline You are worth more than beer bottles displayed like drunken artifacts You are worth more than any naked body could proclaim in the shadows More than a man's whim or your father's mistake You are no less valuable as a size 16 than a size 4 You are no less valuable as a 32A than a 36 Reborn.
1: That was Mary Lambert, Body Love. Alright, now it's time to find out what happened today in history. Alright, today is the 31st of August, and what happened in 1983? Well, you're about to find out. The first African-American was in space Today. Uh, How many years ago? Let's see. did my math. Thirty-three years ago? Yep. So U.S. Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Guion S. Bluford becomes the first African-American to travel into space when the space shuttle Challenger lifts off on its third mission. It was the first night launch of a space shuttle and many people stayed up late to watch the spacecraft roar up from Cape Carnival, Florida, at 2.32 a.m. The Challenger spent six days in space, during which time Blueford and his four fellow crew members launched a communication satellite for the government of India, making contact with an errant communication satellite, conducted scientific experiments, and tested the shuttle's robotic arm. Just before dawn on September the fifth, the shuttle landed at Edwards Air Force Base in California, bringing an end to the most flawless shuttle mission to that date. Guion Stewart Blueford II was born in Philadelphia in 1942 an early age guy he was fascinated with flight and decided he wanted to design and build airplanes in 1964 he graduated from the penn state with a degree in aerospace engineering deciding he'd need to know how to fly planes if he wanted to build them he entered the u.s air force and graduated with his pilot wings in 1965 he was assigned to a fire, fi- fighter squadron in vietnam where he flew 144 combat missions After combat service, he became a flight instructor and in the 1970s went on to receive a master's degree and doctorate in aerospace engineering from the Air Force Institute of Technology. In 1979, he was accepted into the U.S. astronaut program. He made his first flight in 1983 as a mission specialist on the 8th shuttle mission. He later flew three more shuttle missions, logging a total of 700 hours in orbit. After returning from NASA, N A S A, NASA, NASA, don't quite know how to pronounce that, to be honest. Uh, he became vice president and general manager of an engineering company in Ohio. So now you know what happened thirty-three years ago. And it just hit me that last time um, I, talked some, I talked about the first hot air balloon flying over the Atlantic Ocean. So I think it's sort of becoming a thing that every t- every day that we um, have this show. We're actually, um, someone's broken a new space or flying record, which is pretty awesome. Um, you are listening to Wellington Access Radio on 783 AM. Alrighty, so on next Friday, which is in nine days time on September the 9th, is the National Day of Silence campaign. And yes, not yesterday, what am I talking about? On Sunday, um a group of Wellington people, QSA group leaders, came together for a checking group, and we had a chat about um, what what all schools are going to be doing on that day. And, um, yeah, we had a good discussion about what the Day of Silence means for these students and how they're going to break the silence and continue the conversations after the day. So um, I compiled a little... Um, Podcast here, which sort of gives a bit of an insight into the um, the chicken group, how it ran, and also what came out of that. Ter- what came out of it in terms of um, discussions about about the day of silence. So, we'll just play it to you right now. of the normal people. It's a sunny Sunday here in Te Whanganui atara, and a group of 12 Rainbow Diversity group leaders from six high schools across Wellington are meeting up at a Evolve to check in on how their groups are going. This hui happens on a monthly basis and gives leaders an opportunity to connect with each other and offer advice. Today, three students and one teacher from Kapiti College talk about what it's been like setting up their baby QSA, as they call it. It's great to see that more and more schools are creating safe spaces for LGBTQIA young people. It's a pretty busy time for everyone, with school exams just around the corner. But nevertheless, people are dedicating time to organising events and meetings. One event in particular, the Day of Silence campaign, is taking place on Friday the 9th of September, and that's coming up pretty soon. The National Day of Silence is a day of action in which students across New Zealand vow to take a form of silence to call attention to the silencing effects of homophobic, biphobic and transphobic bullying, name calling and harassment in schools. Since it first started in the United States in 1996, the campaign has spread and become an internationally recognised day. This is the third year that it is being run as an official campaign in Aotearoa and the numbers of people taking part have grown at an overwhelming rate. As this year is the 30th anniversary of the homosexual law reform, we are basing the 2016 campaign on the silence that people had to suffer through in Aotearoa before this law was passed, and continue to be impacted by its detrimental effects today. After playing some classic icebreakers, our chicken group moves on to discussing what schools have been planning for the Day of Silence. It's interesting to hear how each school approaches the day differently.
0: I guess it kind of like gives us a platform to um, be able to like raise awareness you know, about... It's about making people think about it, putting it in their faces and be like, hey, yeah. this is happening. Especially at our school, because we're not really allowed to do much mm-hmm. visible action. It's not really like, encouraged. So stuff like day of silence. Okay gets us and what we're talking about noticed more than, stay just sitting around and not being able to say anything else. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, not, not a lot of stuff happens. Like, so far we obviously want to change that. But a good way of doing that is because being silent is so visible. Yes. That um, it's really obvious when someone is silent for a reason. And so thus it gives us a good base to work on then as after, hopefully if we get enough people to do it, it shows that we have a good base of solidarity, which then we can work on to push other projects and show staff or board of trustees, depending on what we want to change, that we do have the support.
1: While traditionally people go silent for the day, some schools have thought of alternative approaches to raising awareness of homophobic, biphobic and transphobic bullying. Ed, a student from Wellington High School, explains why their QSA group is taking a different approach this year.
0: I think the reason why we're not doing it isn't to, like, it's not to oppose Day of Silence or anything or because we think it's bad, but it's more because Day of Silence has been happening for so long that it's kind of lost its touch. Like, it happens and everyone just kind of does it out of obligation or routine, and then nothing else ever happens. So instead of doing that, we're kind of trying to go hand-in-hand and saying, look this is what we are being silent about, this is what it's supposed to be about, pay attention to us, <laughs> like support the cause outside of this one singular occasion.
1: So what do teachers and staff think about the day of silence?
0: In the day of silence, like, they let us do it, they're not particularly happy about it. Most so like, teachers do take part? Yeah, but then other teachers are like... Because we have like a lot of staff, we have like yeah. s- at least seventy-five teachers at our school. So it's sort of you get a very varied reaction like between the teachers. So some people will be really on board, whereas some teachers, like last year my art teacher was like, oh, "Why is everyone doing this? Like it's so annoying." And it's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, you know. So between yeah, I remember going to one class and one teacher was um, making a show of ignoring all the kids who were staying silent. And just working with the kids who were speaking. In another class, my teacher had actually provided whiteboards for the students to do work in and to keep the classroom functioning. But we generally have um, uh, the senior staff who we, who we li- liaison with to organise these things generally quite compliant with our ideas. But, but yeah, compliant is a key word there. They're not yeah. like enthusiastic, they're not really prepared to like, help us with them, but they'll let us do them. Yes. Like <laughs>
1: It sounds like once teachers know what the day is about, they seem to be more supportive. Hopefully in the years to come, staff will do more than just simply tolerate the efforts students go to to run these events and engage people with these issues. Let's hope one day they will actively support these initiatives. And some teachers are already just doing that. It's not too late to get involved. Head on to our Day of Silence website, dayofsilence.org.nz, to register your group or school. And anyone can take part. Use the hashtags dayofsilence and breakthesilence on social media to let everyone know what your group or school is doing to take part. Take a selfie for silence of you and your friends with signs saying how you will break the silence. Hashtag it selfie for silence. We can't wait to see and hear about the creative ways that you will help to break the silence.
0: Us, we have been easily silenced and we have been made invisible. Tonight we are saying we have had enough.
1: So that was a little uh, taster of what we got up to talking about um, the Day of Silence on last Sunday. Um, thank you so much to everyone who came and who's um, contributed to this little uh, snippet of sound. Um, very greatly appreciated your impact and your also eloquent and articulate um, about these things, which is really amazing to see. Like, honestly, I'm blown away by the um, organisation and the leadership that people are showing um, in their high schools. It's so incredible and such, um, there's such amazing role models for other students, younger students, hopefully, who can pick their roles up as um, as they sort of move on. Um, out of high school, and yeah, just, oh man, I wish I was that that onto it in high school, to be honest, <laughs> um, but we can all, we can all have, um, we all have things that we wish we did better, right, so it's only natural, um, so I just want to, I was going to play a song, but we're running a little bit out of time, and it is quite an intense song, so it's probably not the, the best play, um, maybe on this on this episode but I'll give it the I'll give you the name of the song it's called High School Never Ends um it's by Mickey Blanco featuring Woodkid and it's yeah the video you should watch the video as well um it's sort of more than just a song it's almost sort of story i guess um i'll read you the little clip here about it because it's quite interesting um The video for High School Never Ends, the lead single from Mickey Blanco's as-yet-unannounced new album, which, sorry, this was released in May this year, Um, so it's not as new as it once was, but um, it's a Shakespearean tragedy of sorts. Directed by Matt Lambert, it tells a non linear Romeo and Juliet-like tale, replacing fair Verona with scenic rural Germany. The video was produced by Iconoclast in collaboration with The Fader and K7, and it's debuting above. The new clip, which was filmed gorgeously by control cinematographer Martin Ruhr, is a heartbreaking story about outsiders, in this case queer ones. Similar to stories about forbidden romance, it ends with unspeakable violence. It's all set against Mickey's string-heavy new track, which was produced by and features Woodkid. According to Mickey Blanco and Matt Lambert, the powerful High School Never Ends video is also about the ongoing refugee crisis in Europe. It never once overtly comments on orientation or race, but only the idea of us and them, says Lambert. I had once thought of Europe as was my safe haven from American white supremacy and how wrong I became, Mickey Blanco added. So, um, yeah, I would highly recommend you all check that out. Um it's, it's pretty powerful stuff. All right, and the last thing I want to uh, mention is that if you are interested in taking part um, in the, this radio show, because after all it's, um, it's a community-based project, um, it would be really amazing to hear from you. So if you want to hit us up through Facebook or um, whatever's easiest, um, emailing from the, uh, if, if emailing is a thing anymore, <laughs> um, emailing through our hello at insideout.org.nz, pretty sure. might um, anyway, go to our website, check that out. Um, it would be really cool to hear from any, any pe- anyone of any age, any identity whatsoever. Um, if you'd like to take part in planning a show or speaking on it, it um, would be so cool to collaborate with some people. So if you are interested in that, we would always love to hear from you. So I hope you all have a great couple of weeks. Stay safe and warm. It should, shouldn't be too hard to stay warm because the sun is definitely coming out and it's spring officially tomorrow, which is exciting. Um, and, yeah, just look after yourselves, nourish yourselves, and we will see you, I always say that, we will, you will hear me <laughs> um, next week. So ka kite, two weeks. <music> That
0: program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard.